Hello everyone, this is Caleb, your GM. A quick word before our show today. Welcome to Chapter 3. We are officially halfway through Season 2. It's been quite a journey so far, I hope you guys have been enjoying it. Since we're halfway, this week's recap is going to cover the main points of the previous two chapters instead of just last episode, to serve as a small reminder of what's happened. Summaries are also available on the wiki, which you can find on our site. The summaries obviously contain spoilers for chapter 1 and 2, and the rest of the wiki contains spoilers for the entire season, even stuff that hasn't aired yet, so explore the rest of the wiki at your own risk. Previously on Trailblazers, Victor and Landris found themselves hunted by an assassin known as Baron Samiti, because he was trying to get a canister they found themselves in possession of. He had ambushed the party several times, once in a bar and another time in a tram. Each time he fought them with magic and summoned hounds of hell to fight by his side. But the party outsmarted him and ambushed him at the house of Dahlia, Lanris' sister. While they had him locked up, a woman from the homeworld came roaring into the airs via a comet from the sky. Her name was Hope, and she was the daughter of Baron Samiti from another time. The party struck a deal with Baron to help them cure the insanity they had gained from the canister's contents in exchange for his freedom. They found the cure but lost the canister in the process to their friend Booker who betrayed them. Not long after the police arrested Lanris, Victor, and Kentaro in a bloody raid as Baron escaped with Hope. Charged with the crimes Baron had perpetrated, the party now stand before a high-ranking policeman beaten and battered. How will the party get out of this one? What will they do now that they've run out of allies? And what of the conspiracy they had been uncovering? Find out this week on Trailblazers! You guys, we last left off, we're going into a room. And this room had a big oak desk, and on the back of it, on just one wall, the wall that you're looking at, was a enlarged diagram of circuitry, and uh, sort of artistically done. Catching your eye the most is a man sitting in this sort of swivel chair right behind this desk facing you. He has on a white sort of Oxford shirt with it rolled up at the sleeves showing his bare arms, his right arm being... A bare arm is such a good way to describe it, because when you think of a hairy arm of a man, that's what it is. This is like, this guy must be Italian, I take it, because he's just got that, he's got like a thick little thing right here. You must be part bear, man. You would have, you, you would guess that if you didn't see skin. And in his other hand, as a prosthetic, is cybernetic, but it's not, it's not sort of the uh, modern cybernetics. It seems to be sort of, uh, again, artistic in a way, got lots of pistons and such showing. And in that hand is a lit cigarette in that uh, cybernetic hand. All of this is things that you, of course, have seen before. But what is beyond you is that as you follow up the, the black single black tie he's wearing, get up to his head, his head is completely cybernetic. It is this smooth, polished, sort of chrome oval of a head with uh, some slits for where you like you would have like you know old speakers would have these slits so that the the sound could get out and a black sort of bar across the eye and you could see like sort of three dimensions like an inch into that helmet that you could see are two single red dots but you can see nothing else in this blackness and there's smoke coming out of this this mouthpiece this this speaker piece and as you get in uh the door is closed behind you and you find you Lanris, victor and Kentaro the only ones in this room with him and there are three chairs set opposite him and he gestures very kind of sort of a forcefully direct gesture to the three chairs and says please take a seat kind of shrug my arms and sit down at this point you are completely disarmed disarmored you are in handcuffs Kintaro sits down next to you i sit down 
Right now, there are a great deal many questions running through your mind, I'm sure. You know, you can tell a lot from somebody based on what the first question is out of their mouths. For instance, if the first question out of your mouth is, what is going to happen to me? I would know that your primary concern is with yourself. And what is going to be happening exactly with you is what is driving you. However, if your question is, what is going to happen to us? Then I know you are less of an individual person, a person who perhaps cares about his fellow man, or especially the man sitting right next to him on his left or right. Or your question could be, who are you, in which I would understand that your curiosity takes the best of you in most situations. I will spare you having to answer, ask these questions, and I will answer one that seems most pressing, and which is of course coming to your mind right now, which is who is speaking to me. My name is Hannibal DeWitt. I am captain of this precinct, this precinct being the main police precinct of all of Lower Kadesh. This means that I have some considerable power that I am able to wield in this position of captain, at which your fate is in my very capable hands. And he kind of puts his arms forward and opens up his hands and says, these hands, making it almost a show of his this, the two different, very stark different arms he has. And he goes back and he holds his upper arm with his flesh arm and he takes another puff on the cigarette which you don't like there's no lips to go around but you see the cigarette sort of like you know activate and draw and there's a long you know um what do you call the end of a cigarette the ashy part this term for it however that that grows but never never is he knocking it off it's just kind of dripping and he says right now i have myself in a situation where i see that your fate is in my hands and I would like to offer you a choice. Now, I understand that this moment when I explain this choice to you will not seem to be a choice, but I think we all must take into account that at this point, when most of your life choices are going to be taken from you, you must latch onto the only choices you can have, even if they seem to be the worst choices one could possibly have. You see, I am head of Psycho Squad, which means the members who assaulted you today, who are part of Psycho Squad, were under my jurisdiction, under my command. You could have a seat in Psycho Squad. You see, I have the great honor of having started Psycho Squad. Years back, I proposed Psycho Squad to my superiors, and they, of course, accepted. You see, there is many times that we must condemn men for their actions, like perhaps mm, the murder, you could say, of several people in a bar, the igniting of a tram on fire, killing 14 people, things such as this. The old way of doing things, the way this precinct used to do things, is to put them through the courts and, of course, send them off to a prison boat to spend the rest of their lives, or to, of course, be hung by the neck until dead. However, I have felt that perhaps the special talents of those such as yourself could be used to better help the great beast of Kadesh. That you could have a chance to stand up for the man next door. Now, I think your minds, perhaps now more than ever in your lives, are going to what will be happening to you in the afterlife. What will it be some great judger of souls up there to recount your actions? And of course, I have a feeling that you do not think you will fare so well across such a judge. I'm giving you a chance at redemption, perhaps a chance to make amends for some of the mistakes of your past. You see, and the door opens up, and in comes a sort of plainly dressed officer. Hannibal kind of looks up at him, and the guy goes, oh, 
excuse me, sir, I didn't know your meaning, but you said you, you wanted the numbers as soon as we got them. Indeed I did, officer. Please continue. Uh, okay. Um, there uh, We have 11 dead and, and three are in critical condition. Psycho squad lost two and one is in a critical condition. Two were wounded. Uh, the vertebrae that went down, we're still getting the count on that. Thank you very much, officer. Please leave those files on my desk. And the guy leaves over and puts it down. Thank you very much. And the guy nods and he leaves and closes the door behind him. Uh, Hannibal opens up this this folder. And as he does this, the trail sort of falls off as he hasn't kind of knocked it off yet. And he looks through these folders, uh, these files, and he pushes them kind of forward to show you. And he kind of slowly, methodically takes out individual pictures. And you can see pictures of dead SWAT team members, members that you killed or your friends or allies of the AA have killed tonight in this raid. The future of you, without my input, is that you will be brought before a court, a jury, and they will, of course, see the evidence that is quite overwhelming. I have seen it with my own eyes of your nefarious acts in the past month, which does, of course, include the murder of several at this bar. And he pulls out of a folder underneath his desk and he pulls out of it a picture of the first battle you have with Baron, except there is no Baron, there is no dog. It's just pictures of you and dead people. Of course, this attack, and he shows the picture of the tram, which again, there's no Baron, no dogs, but there's a lot of fire, and there's again you. And of course, resisting the police in an altercation involving with the police near one of your homes. And he pulls out a picture of when you guys fought with uh, a Baron and the police were shooting at you near your sister's home. But again, no Baron, no dogs. And of course, today, as you can see, and he gestures to the most recent pictures of resisting arrest and the murder of several SWAT officers and, of course, of two Psycho Squad members. This is damning evidence to be sure. You would be, of course, convicted in a matter of minutes. I'm sure it would be the shortest deliberation any jury in the history of Kadesh ever had. However, I have it on good authority that you will not be seeing a trial. Do my superiors would like to see you taken care of quietly. Now, of course, this brings up some red flags to me. However, I cannot be in the position to stop every expedited sentencing of some of these now most famous criminals. However, as I told you before, I do believe that I could make more use of you helping the city and you could alleviate some of your consciences doing so. So here is the choice that is before you. You could either join my psycho squad, become its new conscriptees, in which case I have ultimate authority over Psycho Squad. And if President Catan himself walked through those doors and told me I want those men sentenced to death, I would be able to tell him, no, they are under my jurisdiction. And as such, I have sent them to Psycho Squad and they will not be undergoing any sort of trial. The other option, of course, that is for you is that you will be taken out to the back, lined up against the wall, a blindfold will be put on you and you'll be shot until dead. As I started this conversation with, this choice seems like a insignificant one, like there is no real choice to be had. However, it is a choice that you can make. And he kind of leans forward and says, any question? Is your head totally gone? Or is there still part of it in there? He doesn't flinch. He doesn't lean back. He stays in the same kind of leaned forward position and says... As I said, you can tell a lot from a person's first question, the man who does not take his situation seriously enough, or the man who is resigned to his situation. Is that your evidence? That's what you have? Poorly edited pictures that show us holding weapons that not a single person died from? Those are probably crystal shopped. <laughs> Mr. Malleus, I believe that you are under the misguided notion that I have 
anything to do with your sentencing. These photographs and the video evidence which we have pulled are very damning. This I'm telling you the experiences a man of my caliber would have and telling you what a jury would convict. You can choose yourself whether you think they will or not. But I'm telling you, Mr. Malleus, that there will be no jury, that there will be no trial, that there's heavy pressure being put on me and being put on this department to take you out quietly. I'm giving you an opportunity to avoid such a fate. I'm giving you a chance at redemption, a chance to stop the lies. But to continue your killing, which you seem to be so fond of. If you want to hire us, you can at least list off our real skills. Not this. You know that's not real. If you want us because we murder people, civilians, is that who you hire? People that can gun down civilians? No, oh, of course we do, Mr. Malleus. You think anyone on Psycho Squad is anyone nice? No, they are disgraced cops who would otherwise go to jail. Criminals with special talents. Oh, there will of course be a leash put on you, Mr. Malleus. You must expect that. We would not just give you a gun and let you run around. Or in your case, a bow, of course. But your talents are better served helping the city than wasting away at the bottom of the ocean. But it is, of course, and then he leans back on his chair, for you to choose. It is, of course, your choice. And then finally, after you've been watching the cigarette, which has like died away by itself almost halfway, he finally taps off that ash and takes another uh, inhale. Instead of a, a big puff of smoke, it just like steadily trails out of the corner of his mouth. Other than throw yourselves at men who you have doctored evidence against to bring into Psycho Squad, what else do you even do? Psycho Squad does certain mm, undesirable missions for the benefit of this great city. Dangerous missions, as you can see yourself today, you yourselves did prove, having killed two of our members. Tell me, was that doctored evidence that I saw today? Are these photos doctored as well? And he shows... He gestures to the police you killed and specifically to the two Psycho Squad you guys yourselves had handed. I didn't know defending myself against intruders that don't announce who they are was illegal. Oh, I'm not indicating the legality or illegality of your actions, but the effectiveness, the fact that you could take out some members of Psycho Squad says some talent which I believe could be useful for the city. However, if you are uninterested, I can expedite your retirement. In about, and he kind of looks down at a watch he has on his fleshy hand. Mm, four minutes, I'm going to be opening that door, and I can either be telling anyone out there that you are now a proud new member of the police department, or that you are criminals and that you are to be taken to the men who are very eager to get their hands on. It's, of course, your choice. But you seem to be dancing around the choice. You seem to be toting doctored evidence and citing such things. But the fact is that you are men of specific talent. Are you not? That you are capable of killing. Are you not? And that you are going to be shot in about four to ten minutes, depending on how quickly they get to this police department. Are you not? There's only one of those things that you have the ability to change. Who's they? You'll find in this world, Mr. Malleus, if you do live long enough to learn more about it, that you never get the answers to all your questions when you want them or when you even need them. I look at the others. I shrug. I'll take the job, but I'm not admitting guilt. Of course not. Worry not, nothing to be said in this room would be admissible in the court of the law, if that is your concern. Kentaro then says, like you said, what choice do we really have? Yeah, okay. 
excellent. And he sort of claps, clasps his hands together. He puts out his cigarette. He's going to hit a button and like speak into an intercom, which is like the only other thing on his table aside from the ashtray. Officers, if you please enter. And the door opens up and in come police officers. He says, please escort these men to the holding cell. I have a few other matters to attend to. You understand, gentlemen, I will be with you shortly. Yes, sir. And uh, I'm going to say three, three officers are going to escort you, one for each of you. And uh, the first person you pass is Jimmy Lang, who kind of looks at you guys almost curiously and then walks past you to, to go talk to Hannibal. And you guys are being walked down a hallway and you have never been in this police department, uh, Landris. You've, you've heard of it. It is got a good reputation, a bad reputation, one could say. But uh, since it is, of course, the main one, things operate, all the other branches operate out of this. This is the central hub for Lower Kadesh, but you've never had the privilege to be here. Uh, you've always had done sort of uh, periphery things. And it's just as big as you would imagine it to be, but you guys are going through back hallways and things, so you're not getting to really see that. But as you're going through some rooms, you guys are all kind of like abruptly stopped before you get to any sort of holding cell or anything. One of the police that's escorting you opens a door that's right next to you. In this room is sort of, um, it's sort of like what do you call like an interrogation room or like a two-way mirror and all that. They push kind of Kentaro into this room, but not you two. And in this room waiting for Kentaro are several men and they all sort of slowly walk towards Kentaro and the door is closed and you then can hear uh, some fighting happening. And you saw that Kentaro kind of like saw this coming as soon as it was happening, but he, his, his, his cuffs uh, prevented him from doing any sort of, de- his hands aren't going up in self-defense, but it's too late to see whatever's happening in there. And you guys are being, you know, kind of sort of pushed again to proceed down this hallway. You guys eventually get to some holding cells uh, where you're thrown in, the doors closed, and you guys are left. We're in the same room? Mm-hmm. You're in the same holding cell. What the heck was that all about? I, I like pushing myself against the bars trying to hear anything. He he said he was going to join too. You okay? I'm still, I'm like still pushed up against the uh, the bars. Why did they separate him? I don't know. <sighs> We've really gotten ourselves into a mess here. I mean, how did this all happen? We went to work. He, he has to know. He can't not know. Elvis, everything that's happened is just one Bad day after another. We are it's, in it's so much cause, trouble. It's because he killed a bunch of the men. It's probably it. He took out the most SWAT members. I wonder what they're going to have us do. What does the Psycho Squad even do? You know about them, don't you? I know about them. Not anything in detail. I don't like this. But I can't die. I can't die without seeing Sarah. But I don't want to just be someone's pawn puppet again. Why'd you free Baron? Because he promised I, I would be with Sarah again. I believed him. Good job. Yeah, I'm kicking myself over it, okay? I am. You don't have to rub it in. You could have killed him. You could have taken him out anytime. You let him go, too. You let him walk around. If you didn't like what I was doing, you could have said, Victor, stop, don't do that. You didn't say anything. You just walked away. We're back at this. We can't fight. We got to get through this together, right? Yeah, us and Kentaro better not kill him. I don't understand why they took him. I really don't. We've lost them all. First Stallion and Koba are all gone. I go Lena, walk over to the to the wall and just kind of like put my back against it and slide down to where I'm like just sitting. With you leaning up against the bars listening, you now finally hear something, Landris. You hear a sort of squeaking sound coming from the hallway and it's getting louder and louder. And now those are footsteps as well. And then the door is kind of hurled open and being dragged in between two police officers is a 
beaten and bloodied Kentaro. And the squeaking is the sound of his legs being dragged as they squeak against this, you know, sort of not ceramic, but um, sort of tile floor. Linoleum? Uh, yeah, linoleum. That, that it's fantasy linoleum. Uh, as his as as his as his legs drag against the blood and the linoleum are squeaking. Banks against the bar and says, Back away from the bars. And back up. They open the door and they throw Kentaro in there and close the door and lock it. I try to like catch him. I'm like, what the hell is this? As you, you catch him, he's kind of he's he's dazed and he kinda kinda looks up at you and he's a heavy guy, so it kinda brings you down onto your onto your uh to sitting down because how heavy he is he's a big guy and he just kind of looks up at you through like a sort of a a broken eye it's a it's a rough sight a lot of sort of wounds that would appear when somebody beats somebody with their fists or with uh bludgeoning weapons when if you know anything about that at all uh it when you get to the point of breaking somebody's skin with bludgeoning it's a lot of effort uh without any sort of sharp tools and they don't ever look like good cuts when that happens and and he's trying to say something and, and he says quietly don't don't think bad of me i'm a good fighter there was just too many hey, hey it's okay they, it's okay, it's okay. They hit my head so hard my ears they're ringing and you look and he's missing both his ears like were they cut off yes Cut off, ripped off, severed in some way. I'm like, shh, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay. I'm just like, um, like rubbing his head. My ears, they won't stop ringing. I'm just, I'm just gonna try my best to comfort him. Okay. It doesn't take long before he passes out. It's almost, it almost becomes a soft, sort of gentle, uh, fall asleep in your arms since you're there holding him. Is he bleeding? Yes. Is there anything we could do about that? I take off my shirt and wrap it around his head. Okay, make a heel check. Eleven. I'm like, let, 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 let me do it. I, I take the shirt. Um, I'll take a 10 for 16. The most egregious thing is his ears, of course. Uh, you at least do something something about that. But it's not long before the shirt turns red and start, starts to drip. I'm just sitting down and holding him. Why did they do that to him? Why hadn't they done anything to us? We're the ones in every responsible for everything they, they're accusing us for, you know, according to them. I just got to start pacing and shaking my head. Feels like a long time before there's another stir. The door opens up and some officers come in. One of them, was at least one of them, is the same uh, who had brought you guys in there. And he goes in and he unlocks the doors and he said, All right, come on. What? Let's go. Drag that guy with you, huh? What the hell's the meaning of this? Come on. Gotta explain myself to you, cop killer. Vic, help me. Yeah, I will. I go grab his legs. It's very good to have uh, Vic helping you because of his, uh, just how his, his heft. The one time in your life you're like, boy, maybe if you worked out less, that'd be cool. As you you kind of drag him, he's kind of like coming in and out of consciousness every once in a while, uh, but nothing long enough to say anything coherent. You kind of go past a, a small hallway that goes into sort of a vestibule. Lanris, you hear a very familiar voice, and you hear what is your sister Dahlia arguing with somebody, sort of a friendly argument. And she looks up just the right time to see you guys passing by, and you look up just the right time to lock eyes with her. As you pass and continue forward and are pushed forward without any chance to do anything about that. He brings you down until you get into this sort of operating theater. And he goes, all right, one of you on each. And there's three doctors there. And there is three sort of operating tables. What? And the guy kind of elbows you and says, I don't got all day. Come on. I help Landris put Kentaro on one of them. So you put him on there. You know, like those massage tables have a place where you put your face through. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like that, but you're putting him on his back. You guys get on tables, and one of the doctors that nearest Kentaro goes, oh, man, this guy's hitting bad. All right, uh, let me see there. And he goes over, starts going through some of his equipment, and the officer that was with you before says, no, not treating any of the wounds, Doc. 
You're just putting the, the things in, all right? It kind of like reluctantly puts down the stuff he was working with. He goes, okay. Without even asking, you mean like he puts a thing over your face to um, a sort of like, you know, like a gas sort of thing. And unless you resist it. I just try to say before he puts it on, not going to be a use on Psycho Squad if he has permanent damage. Not my department, kid. Come on. And he puts the thing over you and you guys black out. You guys wake up and you're still in the operating room. As you kind of wake up, you, you sit up and it your, your vision kind of almost like blacks a little bit goes blurry but then you kind of take it slow and you sit back up and the doctor uh you could just see like all sorts of tools and implements with blood on them and rags and stuff and the back of your head hurts a lot and the doc says all right i'm supposed to read this to you gentlemen welcome to psycho squad as you can imagine and as i mentioned beforehand you will be having a leash this leash takes the form of a cerebral bomb a bomb with which i only have the detonator too I will contact you shortly. Avail yourselves to me. Don't make me go looking for you. Keep these communicators on you at all times. And don't ever give me a reason to use this remote. That Captain DeWitt. Okay. And here you guys go. And he gives each of you a communicator. Give this to your friend. Uh, as Kintaro still passed out. And you guys are free to go. If he's unconscious, how can we bring him if we get ordered to do anything? Dude, we look at me higher than my pay grade, man. I just do the surgeries. God, do, do something. Just... Give him some hemocam, anything, please. Listen, I'm going to listen to my uh, co-workers instead of some uh, couple of criminals, all right? I was told not to treat him. I'm not going to treat him. You guys are free to go, all right? Just leave. You think you're the only ones I got to work on today? You guys kind of put your hands back and you kind of, ooh, it's tender, but you feel something metal right in the base of your skull. Where are we supposed to go? I don't know. You're free to go wherever you want to go. We could just go? Yeah, well, part of free to go is confusing. Whole- so wherever you do, just please get out of my operating theater. Just- I got a lot of work to do today, and it's only three hours into my shift. Fine. You need help with him? Yeah. Okay. All right, Caleb, we're going to look around for any left-around healing items. Okay, sure. Yeah, make a perception check. I'll take a 10 for 25. Okay, yeah, you do catch uh, what would be a trauma pack, a trauma hack. Trauma kit, trauma pack, whatever it was called. I'm going to try and snag that with a slate of hand. Like, I'm going to try like, go to pick up Kentaro. And, like, when I do, maybe, like, grab it and put it in between me and him when I'm carrying him. Okay. Or my hand in him. Sure. Or I'll take a 10 for 25. Okay. None of the doctors stop you. I guess we carry him outside of the operating room. Like, where are we? Uh, you're in a long hallway, and there's all sorts of signs. And, of course, there's the one for the vestibule. We back the way you came. I guess that's where we go, huh? My sister was over there. I don't want, to, I don't want her to see me like this. Well, what are we supposed to do? Is there, like, showers around here? Let's get out of the police department though and go where i don't know they've got our st- are they gonna get her stuff back what's going on Landris, you can hear your sister's voice coming from down the hall only because she is shouting right now you hear uh what is essentially an, an altercation as it were uh you hear her say who's in charge here and someone responds i am let that man out that man is a cop killer, lady. Then you have made a big mistake. Now, I don't know how you guys have come to that conclusion because that man hasn't killed a cop in his life. Ma'am, will you please sit down and wait? We're very busy. Oh, we're about to get very busy in here. Now, wait a minute, buddy. Who do you think you're talking to? Who do you think you're talking to? Now, I got a few questions for you. When you charged that man with these alleged crimes, did he have a lawyer present? No, because I'm his lawyer. Did you notify his next of kin? No. Because I'm his next of kin. So don't tell me to wait and don't tell me to sit down. Just open up that damn cell or I'm going to tie this place up in so much litigation that your grandchildren are going to need lawyers. So you're the calm one. (laughs) Sometimes. Whoa. Uh, I guess. 
Better go stop her. Yeah, I, I think it'll be okay if she sees you like this. It might even help. You guys head over? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You head down the hallway, and like at this point, like you can see like a couple of officers are starting to take notice that she's raising her voice and starting to walk towards this guy she's yelling at. Oh, you're seeing her before you, before she sees you, so. We're like still dragging Kentaro. <laughs> yeah, you have him part of him, I have part of him. <laughs> I picture, I, like, you, you've put his arms over your shoulder enough to walk, but not yeah. to really know what's happening to him. I see Dolly, and, like, my eyes get really big. Wait, like that thing that cat I'm eyes do? Really where they, like, sure. take up the whole eye? Yeah, that thing. I'm, I'm like, afraid to speak because I don't trust my voice not to fail. It's like, Dahlia. And she's, like, yelling, and then she stops. Landris! And she runs over to you and throws her arms around you. Landris, what's what's going on? They said They said you killed cops. We... No, we, we need to go. She kind of sees. Please. Of course, come with me. Come on. I'll take it back to my place. And she kind of helps you move Kentaro. You guys head out. And you kind of like, the cops are kind of like following you. And as soon as you get like towards the exit, they just like disregard you. It's like back to their day. This must be like the least exciting that's happened in Kadesh today is you guys with this little scene. You know how police departments are, especially in lower Kadesh. You're lucky if they go through a whole day without somebody shooting up the place. You guys go out and, and you're you're hit in the face with the... With the smells and the sort of cold humidity, uh, which is a funny thing to say, but it's the way the city is at the moment anyway, of the outside, the darkness, you're, you're going in from a well-lit place to the darkness of outside with only neon in the distance uh, lighting things up. And you go near a tram that, of course, the tram, of course, would have to go to the hospital. It's like a bus route. It's going to go to where? The hospital. It's going to go to police department. You know, it's going to go to these kind of places. But so, of course, there's one right by the police department. You get on and there's faint music in there. There's the hum of people around you and uh, the smell of street vendors. But you get on and now, of course, trams don't smell very pleasant. Uh, but at this point, it doesn't really matter, does it? And you're on the tram headed off to wherever her house is. I like whenever we stop, I immediately start trying to bandage Kentaro. And the trauma pack has like all sorts of medical gear. It's not just like it's anime bandages and now Kentaro looks awesome. This is like, it's got to deal with the whole alcohol swabs and it's got uh, fantasy um, oh, what's that stuff called? Freaking, give me a second, I have a bathroom. This joke's gonna be great! (laughs) I'm so glad he has a bathroom. Best joke! Well worth the wait! Fantasy Neosporin. Um... Oh man! And well, I'll say like you're you're next. You three are on one side, and, and Dahlia's sitting uh, across from you. And as the tram sort of like shaking and bouncing as it goes through things, she's like, "Landris, it's what I saw on the news that they were looking for you. I, I what's been happening?" I look around and say, "I can't really talk about it here." Like, thank you, Dahlia. She kind of stops saying there. She's about to say and smiles. Can you tell me who this is at least? Um, this is Kentaro. And I'm Vic, by the way. Oh, Vic, I'm Dahlia. And she puts her hand out to shake your hand. Just you go shake it like the thing bounces and you kind of like almost fall out of your chair. Ooh, sorry about that. Sorry about not wearing a shirt. I wasn't going to say anything. How, how's mom and dad? Uh, they're worried. They don't think that I... I mean, they don't know what Killed those people, right? I told them you wouldn't do something like that. But you know how mom and dad are. Right. Wait, Victor. Sarah's Victor? Yes. I'm, yes. I met your wife. Yeah, yeah. At, at your house, right? I got a note from Bro over here. She's a very sweet lady. How's she doing? I haven't really talked to her in a little while, but she's hanging in there. Good. This whole time, it's just with these windows, it's almost like a strobe light effect. It's different colors of neon are going past by and showing on your faces. I don't say anything because I'm like barely holding it together. An awkward tram ride ensues. And eventually, 
as a stop, and she gets up and says, this is our stop. Try and lift Kentaro back up. You get out, and it's not the best neighborhood in the world, and it's certainly not where Dahlia lives. And you start going down the street that is you'd be uncomfortable to walk down when you were at your best. You turn down an alleyway, and it's like a, rob me! It's what it screams when you walk down it. <laughs> D- Dahlia, where are we going? Like I said, to my house. You, you don't live here. I do now. It's been expensive trying to clear your name. Come on, it's not too much fire. And you end up going down this sort of very narrow hallway where like, you can't even go shoulder to shoulder with somebody. It's like one at a time. It makes it especially difficult to get Kentaro through, but you manage it. And then up sort of like metal stairs up to two floors. And then she pulls out a key, unlocks a door, opens it up and says, Welcome, home sweet home. And you go into this little one bedroom sort of studio apartment. Um, there's another word for it, but uh, it's a little bit bigger than that, but it's a one bedroom. She closes it behind you and locks it, draws the blinds. Here, here. And she kind of gets like some old fast food containers off of the couch so you can lay Kentaro down. I We get him on there and I'm like looking around like, wait, what do, what do you mean? What happened What happened to your house? I had to sell it. Ever since I heard what happened, I've been fighting for you. Trying to figure out where you are. I've hired private investigators. I, I've tried to figure out what they've no. charged you with but they they refuse to tell me i've i've done everything i've could i've tried to bribe no. police officers oh no mom dad gave me some money no. not them too Land- landris it's okay we, where we found you you're here i like collapse and start crying landris and she comes over and she embraces you which is a very cool way to say something very nice she does she hugs you she holds you she pats you <laughs> on the back it's all right landris it's okay Right? Hey, listen, they let you go, huh? I guess everything got cleared. I'm like hysteric and I'm shaking my head. No. There's Lamers, calm down. Come on. It's alright. Everything's gonna be okay. No, you live in a you live in a crappy house now and mom and dad think I'm a they killer. Don't think you're a killer. And there's this is a bomb a, in my head. There's, there's a bomb in your head? Yeah, all of our heads. And she kinda like spins you around almost to look at it. What is this? I'm still crying. <laughs> alright, Lamers, forget about it. No explanations right now. Right now, come on, pull yourself together, man. Sit here. Come on over here. Sit here. There's like a what do you call it? like like an old um, recliner, right? She gets more like newspapers and files of her cases that she puts off it, puts on the floor. So here, I'll get you something to eat, all right? And then we'll talk, all right? After you have something to eat, she goes over to the kitchen. I like push the recliner as close as I can to Kentaro. And it's kind of like hug my sit on it and hug my knees and sob quietly to myself. Probably not quietly, actually. <laughs> what I think is quietly, but it's like, can you please, like, <laughs> right, right. can you suffer a little quiet? You're making us all uncomfortable, man. You break, man. You're a real downer. You're bringing us all down. You feel a soft paw grab your leg, and Kentaro's awake. Where are we? You hear a smash from the kitchen. It's, it's all right. It's all right. I just I just dropped a pot. And like as it happens, like you see, like, Kentaro wince really badly from the noise. You need you need rest. Try to, oh, there's too many. Try to stay asleep. I'm a good fighter. I really am, Landris. They handcuffed no, I see, me. I, I couldn't. Know. I'm sure you took a couple out. He kind of laughs and it hurts him to laugh. I wish. Why, why aren't we still in the pr- in prison? Landris. Landris. What, what? What? Do you want to tell him or do you want me to tell him? I mean, we're in Psycho Squad now. Yay. I always wanted to be a part of the police and have a legitimate job. We're about to lay a bomb on you. There, There's a bomb in you. I kind of like gently rub where the bomb would be. They put a bomb on our heads? Yeah, they want to make sure we do what they tell us to do. Oh. <sighs> got a bad feeling about this yeah hey look on the bright side they didn't beat you guys up yeah we don't know why why did they beat you up did they say anything no they they kept calling me a cop killer yeah but we killed cops no he shakes his head you killed psycho squad i killed cops (sighs) and he passes out so is all of psycho squad like us
Yeah, no one chooses to be on Psycho Squad. Well, we we chose to be in Psycho Squad. Uh, no, we didn't. Yeah, I mean, we could have died. It was a choice. It's just not one I wanted to choose, right? If I thought for a second we'd get any kind of trial, I would have never taken it. Dahlia comes in with uh, three sort of like cup of noodles sort of thing. Has them like, she's holding two and one's in between her arm and she hands put one in front of you and gives one to Victor and goes, here you go. Uh, here, I'll put this one next to him for when he wakes up. Well, I take it from her. I want to see, what does she look like? Well, she's related to Lanris, so she has a lot of the similar physicality. Or at least she's she's obviously a cat. Gray fur, but she has like some black stripes on her. Uh, she's a little bit taller than Lanris, just like a little bit, but she's very thin and her proportions almost like lanky, like her arms and legs are very long. Um, since we caught her at work, she'd be dressed like very, very professionally, which I don't know how to describe female professional clothes. I don't know the actual names of any of that, yeah. but I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. And she has like really big thick rim glasses, which I don't know if she's taken off yet. I like to think that they're fake, like they don't even have lenses in them. Oh no, they have lenses, <laughs> Oh, she's but they're certainly not real. taking them off at this point then. She's taking them off, let her hair down, now she's at the house. Yeah, she would have had her hair in a bun. Yeah, matter of fact, now that she's just finished cooking, <laughs> just right now, work. she lets her hair down and takes off her glasses and kind of rubs her eyes in a tired sort of way. And you can, now that her glasses off, you see like the bags under her eyes. So, care to explain what was happening? Why I found you guys in the police department and why you have bombs strapped to your head? Why, why they said you killed cops and why on the news they said that you killed civilians? What's going on? I couldn't, for all the money we spent, we couldn't figure out anything it was like somebody was trying to keep it all hidden it's gonna be a long story well she kind of sips the 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 cup of noodles i got time i tell her literally everything everything (laughs) everything even me cheating on my wife oh okay i won't tell her that (laughs) yeah i can't think of anything in particular i would leave out so you just regurgitate all this information it takes some time and victor you're filling in the details and she's like at this point like you've you've gone through two cup of noodles i point out that his ear has been cut oh i would have left that out thanks <laughs> yeah, yeah well victor's tail is weird wow that's, this is almost too much to take so they're gonna they were gonna charge you with falsified evidence you should have went to court i would have defended oh, yeah. you if I thought for a second we would make it to court, I would have taken it. They were just going to kill us. Why do they want you gone so bad? And who is this they? They want us either on their side or gone. Yeah. I don't know why. Do you even know who's doing this all to you? Have you figured anything out? <sighs> it just goes to the top. I mean, it's... Uh, wait, wait, you, you told him about Locke. If... if- you guys still have all this evidence. We can we can bust this whole thing wide open. We can expose this conspiracy. We can we can take it. We don't have the evidence. They destroyed Bird, and they've got all our other stuff. We've got nothing. Captain Elson has a copy of the evidence. So what are you going to do? Just follow their orders and take these Psycho Squad missions? Seems like it. Unless you got a bomb removal kit somewhere in here, yeah. Because she slouches in her chair. This is heavy. There's a hard... On the door. She's like, oh, not now. Everyone just quiet. Don't say it. Dahlia, I know you're in there. Dahlia, I've given you a week. I want my rent. Dahlia, I'm coming back. And I'm coming back with some guys. You understand me? You better have that money. And he leaves. She's kind of like wincing. Who was that? Butthead of a landlord. I told him I would get paid in two weeks. But the man doesn't listen to the words that come out of my mouth. He hears what he wants to hear. We can take care of him. No. We're in Psycho Squad now. We need to do is tell Mom and Dad that you're safe. I don't think you should do that. I don't think I'm safe. They're going to want to see you. They're going to hear all this. They kind of know that their son is not who the... I just... I 
I don't know. I don't know what to do now. Kentaro falls out of the couch. He sort of rolls off of it, trying to move, trying to get up. <laughs> I just, um, I'm just going to take a shower. You're in no condition no, to just, take a shower. Lay down, lay down. My fur. And he looked, it's just like caked in blood. Dolly, where's your shower? It's over there. I'll, I'm going to, I'll help Kentaro over to it. As you get over there, he can't even like stand himself. He like knocks the soap on the ground. And he's just like, oh, like defeated as he does it. I mean, if I, if, if I get him there, I'm just going to like lay him down. Dolly comes in with like a foldable chair here. They really did a number on him, huh? Yeah, I'm gonna um, I'm gonna get him ready oh, for yeah. the shower. And she leaves. She drops off some towels and stuff, and like some some like the, the biggest clothes she has. And she's like, I don't even think this will fit him. Might fit you though. It's like it's like a it's like a t-shirt. It's like a picture of like a pink loaf of bread, and there's some bread pun in it. It's like a mascot. It's like a big these big smiles. Like I'm ready the bread bread. <laughs> Bready for action. <laughs> I'm ready to feed you. Like I got, th- I mean, it's either this or the, or the Algeo's mascot, and I don't think anybody wants to be seen wearing that. It's fine, it's fine. Yeah. He'll look cute in it, I'm sure. Be real tight. She gives you privacy. I'm gonna try to like remove his current set of clothes without causing him intense pain. Okay, well, you're only mostly successful with that. Is he conscious? Yes. I'm like, all right, this is uh, this is probably gonna hurt a lot. Go to turn on the water. You turn it on, and as soon as it like hits his head, he like tries to cover his ears. But of course, he touches his ears, which hurts a lot. And he's like, duh, 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 and he kind of like, and it almost like there's all this moving around. He quickly like chose to turn it off, and it like knocks you both down. And you're now just sitting on the floor of this shower with him like almost pin pinning you down uh, with his back to your chest. And he's just like, oh, let's let's just wait a second. That was let's just let's just wait. Let's just wait. <laughs> Did you do that on purpose? Let's just. Are you pretending not to be physically able? <laughs> oh, Landris. Um, it's just not, it's just everything's really loud. I know. Oh, they hit my head so hard. But hey, at least my ears, doesn't look like yours, huh? They don't look anything like mine. I'm sorry, Landris. What do you have to apologize for? Stop. No, don't do that. Stop it. I'm stopping you right there. Stop. No, no, it's my fault. I saw, I saw it when, when you gave up what you said Wait, to what me. What are you talking I should have kept fighting. We should have kept fighting. No. Now we're in this We would have all just died. No, no, we would have done it. I'm a good fighter, don't you believe me? He smiles. Look, unless you could throw punches 600 feet to the top of the building where those snipers were, I don't think we were getting out of there. And he just kind of leans back and he like just like lets his weight go on you. <laughs> He's tired of holding himself up. The back of his head is on your neck. And like I said, he's like, oh, and he kind of winces because he hits the cerebral bomb. Are you joking me? Is there really a bomb in my head? I don't know. Maybe they just, uh, maybe they're pranking us. Maybe there's really nothing in there. Pretty funny prank. Be the biggest commitment to a prank I've ever seen. <laughs> so wait, why? We're, we're just free to go? We can do whatever until they call us on the communicator. Wow. That's, and he kind of props himself up and looks at you. Man, is this the first time since I met you that you, you're kind of, kind of free. This is maybe we can go out and we don't have to worry about being arrested. <laughs> I smile. I know this great place I wanted to take you to. You like sushi? You're half alive and you're thinking of me. It's like raw fish, but they wrap it in the stuff. <laughs> I kiss him. It's like, you you can see it almost like takes a weight off of him. You can almost see his shoulders like relax. Sounds great. I feel like an old man taking care of your dad, helping him bathe himself. You are an old man. Hey, <laughs> I still got a couple hundred years left in me. You know, taking account that no bombs blow up in my head. I wish they could have fixed my neurological damage while they were there. I don't think any mouth surgery could fix the neurological damage that you have. <laughs> Not that. <laughs> your your sister seems nice. Too nice. I can't believe she she put herself into poverty trying to help me. This is this is a dirt hole apartment. I didn't want to say anything. She deserves better. 
Didn't didn't she live in another place? Didn't we stake out yes. a, a house? She spent all her money trying to fix my... I kind of, like, trail off and look sad. Like I'm going to cry again. He rubs you and says, Oh, she should have known no amount of money can fix the problems you have. I learned that after four days of knowing you. She never learns. Was she yelling in the police department? Yeah. Okay, I'm not sure what it, what her dreams right now, or I guess hallucinations. I thought it must have been fake because it sounded like somebody was actually fighting for us. She still believes in me. Well, with good reason. I really wish you weren't making up that uh, safe house. Huh? Uh, he he was messing around with me once and said like, yeah, I know the safe house we can go to. Oh. No, I, li- I like in fiction he goes, huh? He doesn't even remember his own joke. <laughs> <laughs> it's nothing. Well, unlike last time we were in a shower together, I am not going to refuse your help. If we could just turn on the water just a little bit, though, please. The water's on. Oh, is it? Oh, I can't hear it. Yeah, you're going to have a you have a little difficulty with that. He puts his hand on the bottom of the... His, his hands, or paws, I should say, on the bottom, on the floor of the shower, and just kind of, like, soaks up the water. Oh, that's kind of nice. Usually a few ice packs deals with the kind of beatings I get. I have a feeling that won't work this time. Nope, just, uh... Hopefully tender love and care. Sounds like a good prescription. Just whatever we do, make me a promise. We're not going to go to any clinics. You might change your opinion on that soon. Last time we went to a clinic, things did not go well. And no more trams either. Promise me we won't go on any trams. We took a tram here. Too late. What? You fool. When it's getting on a tram worked well well for you. I wasn't going to carry you all the way here. You're heavy. What happened to tender love and care? Tender love and care can only carry so much. It's not tender love and carry. Oh, that's why I thought care was short for carry. He looks up at you and he takes his hand and kind of reaches behind you and he slides it down your the your cheek and says, Love you, Landris. That's right. You don't have to say it. I, look, I... No, don't. Just don't say anything. What we have is special and it's different. He puts his, his hand up to your mouth. Shh. No, no, let me. I told myself I wouldn't lie to you. I'm not going to ever lie to you. And I, I, I don't know if I love you. That's the truth. But... I really want to find out, and I really want the answer to be yes. Kind of gives a half smile. Oh, this is a good start. And he almost kind of saddles up to you. Victor, while this is happening, you're in the living room with Dahlia. Dahlia, thank you for everything. You're welcome. You look after him, okay? You going after Sarah? It's been a long time since I've been a free man and haven't seen her, so yeah. Tell you what, I still got her number around here somewhere. Why don't I have her come here? Here? Yeah. I mean, I'm sorry. It's just not the safest place. I like we could have got mugged like I'll meet her at the twenty times. And it's fine. A squirrel's starting to get along. All right. She's over and she finds a number and like she's going through like nine different drawers and she's like, "Listen, the organization makes sense to me. Okay, it's organized chaos." She eventually finds it. When I had to size down, I lost all my filing. Ah, here it is. And she makes the call. Hey, Sarah. Yeah, Yeah, it's Dahlia. Hey, what are you doing right now? Yeah, I got I got something better for you to do. Could you come over my house? No, it's it's important. It's very important. No, it has to do with Victor. Okay, all right. I'll meet you at the tram. Okay, all right. Bye. All right, she's coming over. What was she doing? I don't know. Caleb didn't make that up quick enough. <laughs> he only focused on one side of a conversation. Shopping. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, she kind of like rocks in the chair. Landris and Guitaro, huh? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's been going on for a while, I guess. I, I didn't really pick up on it at first. Hard to get a vibe off of a dying man. Kentaro, uh, you a good guy? Yeah, he's a good guy. Like how good? Like Lanris good or like actually good? Like he would die for your brother. Really? I guess that's pretty good. Lanris is a good guy. Yes, he is. Even if he doesn't believe. What all have you had to do to clear our names? <sighs> well, I've hired 
several private investigators. I've tried to no avail to pull all the strings I have, the connections I have in the courts and the police department to find out exactly what evidence they had against you and what the charges were and and all of it just kept coming up blank, almost as if everyone else was getting paid more to not tell me than the stuff, than the amount I was paying them to tell me. Everything was a dead end. Everything. We couldn't make one step forward. It wasn't even like one foot step forward, two steps back. We can never make a single bit of ground. Yeah, because the, all the guys who were after us, they could always find us. They had no problem. I'll have to ask them how they did it, because... I quit my job. I took a different position. Well, I didn't. I took a different position. Paid less. I stopped doing stuff pro bono. If I'm honest with myself, I've sort of been kind of giving up lately. I mean, I, I was in there working another job just because I, I had to I had to make rent this month, and I, I can't ask my mom for any job? more money. You know, <laughs> just more stuff. Stuff that I'm not as passionate about defending or pursuing in the legal field, but stuff that'll make you money. There's a lot of people who other lawyers won't defend. There's a lot of jobs if you're willing to take them in my field. Has Sarah been keeping care of herself? I check in with her once in a while. She seems to be doing okay. Um, You're not going to like to hear this, but um, she's not in the house you were before. Like me, it was less about putting money into it, more about, well, she just didn't get your paychecks anymore. Yeah, I didn't get any money anymore. If it makes you feel better, she's not living in this kind of neighborhood. She's <clears throat> kind of living with mom and dad. Oh, with my parents? No, with mine. Listen, they're good people. They can be frustrating, but they're good inside. I guess we all just kind of grew close. Landers gave me this note that said, get together, and we did. And then there was this, this attack, and we just felt safer together, I guess. The police were always watching our places. I literally could not go anywhere without seeing a cop. Like, they, they think they're sneaky, but they are not. If they want to do a better job at secrecy, maybe they can make their vertebrates stop making annoyingly loud siren sounds. Because it's kind of like when I go to a place, and all of a sudden I hear, burner, burner, wherever I go, I kind of get the idea what's happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've heard that It's not a, a nice sound. No. She misses you, Victor. She talks about you a lot. Impossible things. You cannot possibly be the man that she says you are. No, probably not. It's been rough. Everything that's happened to us... Listen, now that I, now I have this information, it's, it's more to work with. I'll I'll work harder. I'll, I'll I'll figure out something. We've lost everybody, or they've turned against us. How long does it usually take? Oh, it's a couple of hours. She's on the other side of the city, don't you know? She doesn't have to slum it down here very often. I'm gonna get some rest before she gets here. Oh yeah, definitely. Here, um, and she kind of looks at the couch that has like stained with blood. Um, here you can rest in my bed. It's over here. Uh, I think I got clean sheets Thanks. here somewhere. No, I do not. If you, I can take these down to the laundromat right now if you want. No, no, it's it's fine. You sure? I, I don't need sheets. I could sleep on the. No, no, no. Sleep on the bed. It's, it's fine. I've done it before. As long as you don't mind, she kind of like brushes off some cat fur. I have, I have that too. So, thank, thanks for everything again. A friend of my brother's is a friend of mine. And it sounds like you guys got a real bad rap. Hey, don't oh, worry. Oh yeah. Now how dark the night is. Sun always rises, right? Not in Kadesh. Uh, sometimes you can't see it in Kadesh. Doesn't mean it doesn't rise. It's a matter of perspective. All right, here. And she closes the blinds and turns off the light. Sleep well. I'll wake you up when she gets here. Thanks. And she closes the door. And of course, no matter how drawn the blinds are, there's still some lights from outside bleeding in the reds and the blues. It's like, it's like right across the alley. It's like a sign for the, a noodle place. Of course, it's gigantic. It's like, well, I guess that's I'm living with that the rest of my life. Whoever's living here, you can, like you can hear the <laughs> of it. Uh, Lanners, mm-hmm. there's a knock on the bathroom door. You guys are you guys are right in there. You need any more towels or something? We're fine. We'll be out in a minute. Okay. Uh, Kintar, I don't think I can run our water bill any higher. 
Oh, uh, yeah. That's... And he reaches up and he turns it off. And he does his best to get up by himself. But you still need to help him. Right. Uh, thanks, Lamers. It's going to help dry him off. You're a good guy. You know that? I don't care what everyone else said about you. <laughs> What'd they say? Well, you should hear what Victor says when he thinks you're not around. <laughs> I can't. I actually can't imagine Victor saying anything mean. Oh, it's all about your your chipped ear. How ridiculous it makes you look. And he knows you're sensitive about it. So he doesn't want to say in front of you, but he just knows like you're never going to get any dates with that. <laughs> you seem pretty interested in it. <laughs> he smiles a almost like a wolfish grin. It's because it's so cute when I grab it and you run away from it. And he, and he like goes <laughs> no. to touch it. You know I'm getting it fixed, right? What? No, you should leave it like that. Oh, come on. <laughs> if you if you if you get it fixed, I'm dumping you that day. <laughs> It's me or the ear you're going to have to choose. So is, is that what you like about me? My ear? It's my favorite part about you. <laughs> that and that little thing you do with your nose when you're upset. What? 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 Nothing. Are you trying to make me self-conscious? Nothing. <laughs> oh, oh freaking. I think they cracked the rim. All right, look, uh, you better prepare yourself mentally. What? Are we going to have to go to a freaking thing? I can I can set this rib. No, no, no. Um, He's got to sleep the right way. I think that's how medicine works, the, right? I pointed a mirror. Maybe if I just get some clay, I can kind of... And he gets a sight of his reflection. And, and his mouth is just open. And he just kind of reaches up to the absence of his ear. They, they, he's like turning his head looking at it. And he looks at you. What did they do to me? Those monsters. I know. Why would they do that? And I, like you see him like he's he's getting upset, upset now. He gets like tense again. And he has to like lean on the, the sink to not fall down. And you're like, oh, he's going to break the sink. I try, I try to hold him. I'm like, it's okay. Landris, they... I know. They took you my know. ears. Landris. I know, I know. Oh, we're going back to that police department. And he, like, walks over the door. No, 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 no. They'll blow the bomb up. Uh, it'd be pre- pre- preferable to living my life without ears. Oh, oh, is that? <laughs> <laughs> he looks at you. It's different. I know. Look, it's not, it doesn't look that bad. He kind of gives you a look like, really? <laughs> I look like a bald cat. Do you know how weird that looks? Hey, you make a, Vic might hear you. Oh, Keep it down. I, I mean, that's, <laughs> oh. And he kind of like looks very seriously at you. I remember, so I look like a freak, like you said, Baron. Huh? And his rounded ears made him look like a freak. No, I, I just want to hurt Baron regardless of anything. You don't look like a freak. I mean, that's more of the blood and the injuries. You can see him like smile, like he doesn't want to laugh at that. Tell me the couch. I know. Yeah, come on, come on. Ugh, I'll have to buy her a new couch. We'll just flip the cushions over. Yeah, let's bleed on these ones. Let's bleed on this side. There we go. Get nice and wet. He slops down on it. <laughs> He's like, you, I'll have the towels laid down. Yeah. What What am I wearing? <laughs> uh, it's bready. Is this for a little girl? I'm not that little, and she comes in. Those are like my comfortable bedtime clothes. They're like supposed to be bigger for me. They're They're fine on you. It it uh it accentuates your uh musculature. It's a yeah definitely. <laughs> and she like looks down at his pants, looks at you, and gives like a wink. Like good job, you nailed it. <laughs> Don't even think about it, Dolly. Hey, I'm too busy, you know me. Now that I'm like cleaned, showered, I walk over to her and I hug her. Deep hug. Oh, uh, she reciprocates Deep, 100%. meaningful hug. She, she would say 110%. <laughs> she hugged you better. She's a better hugger. I can't thank you enough. I'm so sorry. She smiles and says, don't worry, Landers. I won't charge you until we finish this job. Then you can pay me back all the money. I'll make it up to you somehow. I'm joking. It's fine. It's worth it. Hey, I told you whenever you needed help, I would help you. I think this qualifies. Look, I need to go check on something. You're not about to go out by yourself, are you? Where's Vic? Oh, he's taking a nap. His wife's coming over in a couple hours. Matter of fact, I'm going to meet her at the tram station. I'll let him sleep. I just need to to check this crash site. I need to know what happened. 
don't don't go out on your own. Look, I'm quick. I'll run. Be back before you know it. All right, but if you go missing again, I'm not I'm not hiring more investigators. Look, I don't even have anything to steal. I'm not gonna get mugged. Oh yes, muggers are extra happy when they go through all the trouble of mugging somebody and find out they have nothing. Their next thought is, oh, I should leave this person alone. They deserve it. <laughs> all right. Listen, I haven't been able to stop you before. Here, take this. And she, she like, goes through one of her drawers and pulls out an uh, arc pistol. And won't you need that for when uh, the <laughs> landlord comes back? Yeah. It only got half a battery, so... Uh, hopefully I won't need it. Okay, you're going to head down to uh, the crash site? Yeah, I'm mainly doing two things. I want to go check the crash site where Shiva and Tar did. And I also, since it happened not too far before or after that, I forget which, I want to see if I can find my bow. Like, I'll climb on rooftops around where he threw it, and I just want to look around for that as well. Make a knowledge geography check. Uh, I'll take a 10 for 17. Well, 17 is going to take you some time, but you eventually figure out where the crash site was get there and once while you're like oh cops they must be here oh nope they're just another there's another cop thing happening and eventually you find it and it's sectioned off and there's a good number of officers around there the vertebrae stopped smoking and at this point they're going through the rubble i mean i guess I'll, I'll try and get as close as i can um and i just want to look around i'll take a 10 for 32 to stealth if i could find any way to approach it that they wouldn't see me and uh 25 to perception are you crossing the like police line if i think i could do that without being seen yes uh, you you think you would be able to at least get in there, and then from then on there, it's going to be taken step by step. Well, what can I see from out here? From out here, it's it's a wreckage. It's very difficult to see, really, to discern it as anything more than a pile of of metal. There's no, it's not even like blood and stuff. It's they're going through stuff, and even the hands are so covered, like like a handle will be sticking out of the rubble. It's so covered in debris that it's gray and, and it blends in with everything. And they're just going through it all, and you can hear them talking like, "This is another comet attack." I don't know that we we had two comic guys in there. One guy, the you remember that rat folk we had on SWAT team? Yeah, well he started shooting one of his friends, and we had another guy when they were trying to take those that freaking robot lady out. That guy just decided to set off a couple grenades on us. Freaking comet every time. I know, right? They probably took out the plane. Yeah, well sounds like them. Freaking, what are we supposed to do that when one guy with a couple grenades can take out ten men? How do you know about that? I mean, I didn't know the, the rat folk guy. I don't remember his name, but I know Jerry hung out with him every Sunday. That's the way they do it, right? They get in, and it's the least people you expect. And then you see they kind of like eye each other suspiciously, stop talking, get back to work. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm going to try and sneak in. You said that there's hands sticking out of the rubble. I need to inspect them. I need to know if it's Tar, Shiva. Okay, this is going to take a very high stealth check because they're actively going through that rubble. I mean, are there police like outside the scene? Like, you know, make sure people don't approach? Yes. I mean, I'm going to try to approach one of them. Hey, um... I think I knew some of the people on that vertebrate. He's like writing stuff down on a clipboard. He's not even looking up at you. Yeah. Well, uh, if you can identify any bodies, we'll get them over the morgue and you can see them. Have there been any recovered so far? Just parts so far. Got their, um, can you tell their races? Listen, buddy, I've got a lot. You. And he looks up at you. He just looked up from his clipboard and he's like, he's like stunned. He doesn't even know what to say or do. Well, can you tell what race they are? You you should be hey guys and he kind of like gets the attention of the other policemen and they all start coming oh, over to you. No no Hannibal says you can't do that. Well you know about what Hannibal says. Why don't you ask him? I actually I hold up my communicator he gave me. I kind of looks at it. And he pulls out his. Hey Cap'n. in here. Yes this is the way. Go ahead. I got a man here says that uh, you giving him a green pass. It's that one of them uh, one of those jerks that just took down the vertebrate. Could you be more specific please? Yeah, it's the one that had the bow. And there's like silence for a little bit. Kind of worrying. Yes, let him be unless he gets in your way. You, sh- you sure, Captain? Do I need to repeat myself, officer? Does he need to repeat himself? All right, Cap. 
over and out. And the guy's like eyeing you like very upset. You want to know anything else? You can go back to the department tomorrow and make an official inquiry. Yeah, thanks. And I look over at his badge. Officer James. Yeah, thanks, James. And I kind of push past him. Oh, he grabs you by the arm. He goes, ah, hey, you want to get in my way? Make my day, buddy. I'm not getting in your way, am I? Hey, guys, does he feel like he's getting in our way? Yeah, he kind of feels that way. Take one more step, you son of a gun. Just take one more step. Give me a reason. And you see he puts his hand on his hip where you see there's a um, stun baton. I, I just stare dead at his eyes. Official police business. Why don't you take your psycho squad self and go do something stupid, huh? And let the real cops do their jobs. I think I see a little old lady that needs help uh, crossing the street over there, huh? Sounds right up your alley. They took a whole platoon of SWAT men and psycho squad themselves with heavy casualties just to take us in alive. Do you really think you scare me? Intimidate check. 26. He lets go of your arm and he backs a little bit up to kind of bolster himself with the rest of the men here. Just having a look. You got two minutes. And I'll start counting. And you see him, he's like whispering among the other cops. I'm going to walk around and, you know, look for any sign of Shiva or Tar. Perception check. I'll take a 10 for 25. You pull out a cybernetic arm. It is too destroyed to tell if it belonged to Shiva or not. 25, you're also going to find a ring, which when you look at it is Tar's nose ring. With a 25 in two minutes, that's all you're going to say. Okay. The cybernetic arm, I'm going to try and remember everything I can about it to describe it to Victor, because I assume he'd know more about it. Like, there's a number of some kind on it, I'll take that down. Like, it's general size, shape, and construction. Okay. And then I'll I'll leave after that. I'm not going to take them with me or anything, or try to. Okay. And then I'm going to go look for my bow. Another perception check. I'll take another 10 for 25. You do not find it. You've wasted like an hour. I wouldn't say wasted, Caleb. Thanks. <sighs> Sorry. That was a judgmental <laughs> word. It took you about an hour and you're tired of looking. You don't think you'll find it. Uh, I'll just run home then. You're overcome with like a nervousness when you're like sitting alone on the tram. Last time you had friends and it still didn't go well. This would be a pretty bad time if somebody wanted to hurt you. But you you arrive back to Dahlia's place unaccosted. Victor, you couldn't sleep. You, you like have come out of the room like two minutes ago and then in comes Landris. I walk in kind of defeated. Oh, Landris, you're back. Where did you go? I went to check out the crash site, try and find my bow. And? I didn't. I can't confirm anything about Tar or Shiva. I found Tar's nose ring, and I found an arm. I don't know if it was Shiva's arm. It. What do you remember about her arm, Victor? It was advanced. I tried to describe the arm I saw to him. Engineering from you, intelligence, just a straight-up intelligence roll from you. Oh, boy. 34. 11. That's at a minus one because I still have drain. There's not enough details for you to confirm whether or not it's Shiva's. It's also not enough details for you to confirm whether it is not hers as well. It's just, it's there's no new information. I don't know, man. That just sounds like any cybernetic arm. It's like you were describing my arm. Apparently Tar set off some grenades. I don't know how he got grenades onto the plane, but he did. You know him. Yeah. Blow it up. He, he blew it up, all right. I just hope they're okay. Me too, but I don't know, man. I, I, I can't, can't see how they would get out of that. I'm going to go sit down next to Kentaro. There's no TV in this place. Wait, Dolly, you don't have a TV? No. Oh, here's your uh, here's your gun back. Oh, thanks. She puts it back in the drawer. Hey, uh, do you have a shirt I could use? Maybe one that doesn't have cartoon bread on it? Uh, the only other shirt I got that might fit somebody like you is the Algios one. What do you mean somebody like me? A man who has big, broad shoulders compared to a tall woman like me. A person You're like tall. three times my size. 
And then we have is this, uh, she holds up, she like goes through her doors, pick out this Algeo's mascot shirt, and nobody wants to wear this. And I got it from, I, I did some I, work for some guy. I love Algeo's. I no, would be rude Algeos if I said are the best. no, so I took it. You don't have Algae Jacks, Algae though. Ja- huh? No, I don't have Algae Jacks. Okay, no, okay, okay, Algeo's will do. All right. He, he's serious about a cereal. Don't blame me if anyone makes fun of you in that shirt. I wouldn't go outside. I think somebody would stab you just as soon as lucky if you're wearing that. Just out of principle. Uh, a noise interrupts all of you. Almost like um, something turning on. And the monitor on her computer turns on and is like projecting into this dark room a green light from the screen. Dahlia, you got got mail, I guess? She's like, that's weird. An instant message from Veeam. Oh, but no, it's all like late speak. It's like capital V, lowercase e, lowercase e, capital E, M. Who's that? I have no idea. I would say it's just spam except for the fact that it... Shouldn't have gotten through. She like starts typing some things. Do you have a secret admirer? Yeah, you know me. Can't get a guys to stop coming at me fast enough. <laughs> it's just a. It's a weird. It's nonsense. Well, let me see. What does it say? Said a wise man, "Life is a chessboard of nights and days, where God, using men as his pawns, plays hither and thither moves and checkmate and slays, and one by one he places them back in the box. For each pawn has its fate." As does each player, as does God. Fate will be met. Funds transferred. I'll be in contact soon. What is this? How much money is that? Uh, let me see. She like opens her account. I mean, there's no way he's tran- this person's transferred. No, nothing. My account is the same it was. Can we access our accounts? Sure, just type in your stuff here. I do that. Your your account has gone from zero to 100,000 credits as of two minutes ago. Hey, let, let me see. Let me see. Uh, I've got to check my account, too. You went from a balance of zero to 100,000 two minutes ago transfer. What the heck does this mean? You guys leave something out in your stories? No. What? No. I don't know who it is. I would like to know somebody who just gives out 100,000 credits. Or gold, I guess. We still use gold. This isn't that far in the future, I guess. Mm-hmm. So I'll use credits. Um, so lame. How how much money have you spent on me? No, we're not doing this. Yes. No, we're not. What am I gonna do with a hundred thousand gold? I don't know. Get some clothes. Dress that guy in something that doesn't say I'm about to go to a leather club. <laughs> and she gestures to guitar. He's like, "What?" And he looks down. He's kind of like embarrassed. He like puts the pillow over his lap. Does <laughs> <laughs> this shirt have to be white? Come on. <laughs> that, that Dahlia, that doesn't cost 100,000 gold. Tell you what, I'm a 1,000 short of my rent. Just give me a 1,000. <laughs> I clickety-clack, type in the computer, oh, here's 5,000. <sighs> All right. All right, so I'm going to assume that that was our boss giving us the money for our job because we have nothing. What? But he could have just given us our stuff, right? And why would it be Veeam? You know, most people pick their instant message handle in their 90s. Mine was Sephiroth XXX. I mean, we all we went through that phase, you know. I'm not telling you mine. It was embarrassing. My, you know what mine really was? <laughs> Caleb's really was? It was Boris the Hacker, because I liked the movie GoldenEye, and there was a hacker, and his name was Boris. It's my first ever AOL <laughs> instant message name. He's invincible. And then I went to the programmer, and I've used the programmer for everything else I've ever done. And then very recently, I've changed just using my name, Caleb. Because I, I finally gotten away from the age where it's like, don't give your real name on the internet, little Caleb. Otherwise, you'll be on an episode of To Catch the Predator. To Catch the to catch a Predator, not To Catch the Predator. That's a very different movie that involves an alien with dreadlocks. And Arnold. Algeo's the my favorite. This does it. Uh, this is crazy. But I, I'm taking the money. Well, um, we could use 
Wait, wait well, let's wait for Sarah. When's Sarah getting here? She should be here any moment. Aren't you supposed to meet her on the tram? Yeah, probably in about 30 minutes I'll go down there. Uh, maybe 45. Uh, Dahlia? Uh, yeah? You you cooking something? No. You don't, you don't smell that burning? And you guys, now that your attention is drawn to it, you kind of smell it too. The glass shatters as a hellhound jumps through the glass. Kind of growls at you, looks at Landris, and bounds after him. Victor, you you kind of slide and, and jump almost to get in front of him and put up your augmented arm, and it's that you could feel this thing's jowls just snap down on your arm, and you're you know that that would have just snapped bone and tore flesh, but your metal arm just took the whole blow, and you kind of throw the thing to the ground. More hellhounds coming through the windows, through the the bathroom window, through the bedroom window. And the one that comes through the bedroom is the one that, instead of being bone and fire, looks like, you know, magma just pouring off of it. It's one of the big ones that you had fought only once so far when you were on that tram with Baron. And the smoke is from these things building off of things is filling the room. You're choking on it. And Lanris, you go over and you you do this. You like those ninja movies where the guy like jumps off of three walls in the ceiling and like ends up doing like a flying kick, right? You do some of that sort of thing as a, a thing comes after Dahlia and you do it to protect her. But you see like Kentaro tries to get up and he can't. He falls on the ground. Victor, you're you're starting to like almost fall over and you can't even keep your feet and you're you're just trying to breathe. You're desperately just trying to to take in air, but you're getting nothing but smoke and landers. At this point, your eyes are blinded from all the smoke they're watering. You can't even see through just the water in your eyes. And a huge gout of black, thick smoke just appears out of nowhere, drifts past you as you turn around to see where it came from. You turn around just in time to hear two heavy foot stomps and then you are slammed in the face. The last thing you see is a metal ball of spikes and you go unconscious. And Victor, you slowly see this as you fall on the ground and pass out from lack of oxygen. You come to your senses. Victor, you're bound in the recliner. You look to your left and you see Kentaro hogtied on the couch. You see Lanris tied to the chair that is right next to the small, small dining room table. And you see Baron dressed brand new clothes, nice brand new hat. Looks good. Looks much like when you first saw him, minus his hair. His hair hasn't grown back. Where's Dahlia? You don't see her. And Baron kind of sees you guys are awake. Good. You're awake. You don't have much time to stay around. It's just about time. But I'm glad you woke up before I left. And you're all gagged. And he looks at you, uh, Lanris, and he goes, I see you're tied up at the moment. And he kind of pulls chair and sits down next to you. So he goes, hope you don't mind if I take the conversation. I guess I'm just kind of wondering, how does it feel when I beat you? Are you pissed? Miserable? Frustrated? That's what it's like to lose. Lanris, I want you to understand something. As much as it would bring me joy to smash all of your heads and cave it to a little pancake, there are certain people that want you alive. Well, want's a strong word. Let's say it's in their best interests if you were to not just disappear or be murdered right now. Let's hope that time changes, yes? Well, 
I just wanted to have a little heart to heart. Would that be okay with you? You obviously can give no indication. What, 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 what are your eyes saying right now? Oh, the whole time I'm trying to escape and kill him. I'm almost like not paying attention. He's like, oh, oh don't, don't what strain yourself. It's, it's all right. When I was growing up, I was taught a lot of things. How to sail was one of the things. I learned all sorts of very interesting knots. Maybe one day I'll teach you the hangman's knot. Atlantis, there is something between us. I just can't put my finger on it. He taps his chin with the hand that's missing the finger. What was it? You know, Landris, you've always been in control, yes? Well, I mean, not really. It wasn't your control when the Gemini gang attacked your tram and you weren't in control when the AAA sort of conscripted you, really. Well, you weren't in control when I attacked you on that tram. You weren't in control when I made you watch as I dropped Booker from the tram. And that was before you hated him. But you sure did feel in control when you got me, didn't you? It was a clever little trap you all sprung on me. You waited in a place you knew I was gonna be. Funny enough that you guys were fool enough to fall into the same trap to go where I know you would be. You put me in a cave. You know, growing up and becoming the leader of a nation, the biggest nation on the planet, you learned something. One of the things you learned to do is how to deal with being a prisoner. I've been a prisoner now three times in my life. Learn how to make the best of a bad situation. We all can't control what happens to us. All we can control is what we become. And even that, not everyone gets to control over. You get to choose that, right? You get to try, but most people let situations, let the world... No, no, stop picking at the ropes, Landris. Hey, pay attention up here. People don't get to choose that. They don't choose that. They let the world choose for them. But the great in this world, they choose who they're going to be. But Landris, when you had me in that cage... I was presented with several people, first of which was Shiva. That was a woman I couldn't control. She was an angry, she's what we would call in my world a barbarian. Somebody who just lets themselves fly off the handle. And there's no reasoning with somebody who can't even reason with themselves. So she was upset and she beat me. Matter of fact, you let her beat me daily. There's nothing I could do to stop her. And then there was Victor. And Victor's an honorable man and honorable men can be plied. And eventually I even made a deal with him to get me out, but... Getting out, I knew it would take a while to get Victor to do that for me. So there was something I had to do in between. I had to stay alive. So I manipulated the person in your group that was the easiest to manipulate by far. I convinced you that I wanted to die using the most simplest of techniques, reverse psychology. What you do with a child worked on you like a charm. Made you want to believe I wanted to die and how quick you were to tell everyone, including Shiva, who was close to beating me to death, to keep me alive. But that was fair. You know that, Landris? It was fair what you let her do to me. It was fair what happened to me because, I mean, what kind of a hell did I put you through? How many wounds did I give you and your friends? I tried to kill you after all, right? So it was a fair trade. My life was a living hell for several days as I was beaten day in and day out to the point where I couldn't even open my eyes. And I couldn't even fight back, something I at least let you do. But then you took it a step too far. You did what everyone who seeks vengeance does, is you go from being the victim to the perpetrator. It's the difference between justice and vengeance. Justice merited out is even, is fair. Vengeance always takes it one step further. You took my finger and placed it in front of me and made me live with it for a couple days. Now, now that makes us uneven. And I'm come here to square the accounts, Landris. But I want to do it in such a way as to show you how much you really don't control the situation around you. Best of all, I'm going to do it by saying please. Landris, and he goes over to the kitchen and he pulls out a knife 
and a plate, and he puts the plate in front of you, and the knife in front of you, he goes, please pick up the knife. And you reach out, and surprisingly to you, you reach out, and you realize you're not bound, and you realize you're not gagged, but you can't move, you can't speak, except to do exactly what he just told you to do, and you pick up this knife. Landers, would you kindly cut off your ear? After all, best builder of a relationship is to have things in common with those you love, right? And you kind of, your hand shakes as you slowly bring it up to your ear and you're, you're trying everything inside you wants to speak, but you can't get your lips to part. The most you can do is a little, and that's nothing more can come out. And you bring it up to your ear and he puts a hand on your hand, the hand that's set, that's missing a finger. And he goes, no, 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 not that one. The good ear. And you take it from the bad ear over to your good ear. And you begin to saw away at your ear. And at this point, your body lets you enough to, to let your vocal cords move slightly in pain, almost a hum. But while you're doing that, he just keeps talking. You see, this is going to make us even, Landers. And I know right now everything inside your body wants to just jump out of that chair and strangle me to death. But you see, that's vengeance. That's where you take it one step further. I beat you and your friends, so you and your friends beat me. It was fair. You sever my finger, so I sever your ear. Look how really out of control you are. Landris, you've always been out of control. And he just waits for you to finish, and you're done with the ear, and you just kind of drop it on the table. Baron picks it up and puts it on the plate, and he goes, You made me live with my finger, and now I don't have enough time to set this ear in front of you for a couple days. Matter of fact, I have to go quite soon, so I'm going to have to make you live with it for another way. So would you kindly please eat that ear? He goes over and he pours himself a glass of water as you, without being able to resist, take the knife and cut your ear up into pieces and begin to eat your own ear. Baron goes over to you, Victor, and he goes, Sorry you have to witness this, but I couldn't allow you to interrupt. We're still square, right, Victor? Oh, here, let me take care of that for you. And he, and he ungags you. No hard feelings, right? I, I trusted you. <laughs> you did. You did. You trusted me. But Victor, and he gets like nose to nose with you. I've lied to you from the start. I've always lied. Do you think I rose to power? This whole time, you're just looking past his head to see Landris eating his ear and chewing it and slowly eating Almost as if he would be enjoying it, but obviously he's not. You think I rose to power and overthrew an emperor without lying? You think I survived as a politician without being able to weave truth in with deception? And you're more naive than the children that you can no longer have. But hey, in like, what, 20 minutes you're going to be reunited with your wife? I still kept my end of the bargain with you, did I not? And between me and him, it's just a thing between men, don't you know? Just getting even. Just justice. I lose a body part, so does he. It's only fair. You're a monster. Well, sometimes, Victor, the world doesn't need a hero. Sometimes what the world needs is a monster. And he walks over to you, Victor, and you, you've, uh, Landris, and you finished it. And he goes, Landris, you're full of yourself. <laughs> Look at you. We're even now. Don't pursue me. Don't come after me. If you do, I'm going to put you down. As of now, I consider us fair. And he does this with his hands where like you're brushing dirt off. And he kind of waves them in front of you, kind of like dealers do when they're switching positions to show they don't have anything up their sleeves. I hope you consider us the same. And at this point, like you can see it. Victor, blood is running down his ear. It's completely untreated. There's no, he's not even holding it to stop it. He just, he's just sitting there looking at Baron. Well, I do have to go. Time is of the essence. <laughs> points to you, Victor. You wouldn't want your wife to come in and see this dreadful situation, right? And he walks over to the door and he opens it up. Landris, do me a favor, if you would. In about mm, three minutes, would you mind going over there and untying Victor and untying Kentaro and letting him treat your ear? 
We didn't want you to bleed to death, now would we? And he closes the door behind you, and thus begins three painful, slow minutes. Where you can do nothing, Victor, you, you can do nothing but talk. Do you say anything in these three minutes? No, I'm just looking away from, from Landris and just in my head. Landris, you get you regain control of yourself. Oh, I go to the bathroom and throw up. I don't even have to, like, induce vomiting, probably. And then assuming I'm done with that, uh, I go over and untie them. As soon as you untie Kentaro, he, like, grabs something and presses it against your, your head. Where's Dahlia? I, I don't know. Vic, find her. I'm just staring. Vic! Uh, yeah, yeah. I'll find her. I start looking around. You find her in the bedroom, completely unharmed, sleeping peacefully. She's okay. She's actually, of all of you, the least harmed. Kentaro, you, can you stop that bleeding? Yeah. Um, I saw some supplies in the bathroom. Come here. Clean him up. I'll, I'll see if I can wake Dahlia up. You cannot wake her up. I just sit down at like on the floor, like in front of the bed, and just just stare at the floor. You hear a key turn in the door, and the door open up, and you hear somebody say, "Dahlia, I thought you were going to meet me at the tram station." I rise up. You go over to the door, and when Sarah catches your eye, she gasps, drops the keys she was holding, and with her hand over her heart, she says, "You're back." Trailblazers is part of the Trailblazer Network. For other great RPG podcasts, visit our website, tblazer.net. Want to get in touch? Email us at tblazernetwork at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter at tblazernetwork. Your players have been Christian and Tim, and Caleb has been your GM. This is Johan Martins. Thanks for listening.